Hello, good day, good evening, good morning, good whatever, whatever time you are listening, wherever you're listening. This is the JMJ Missions Podcast. I am today's session's host, Dan Palmieri, and I am joined with Anthony McCullough. We are JMJ Missions. Uh, we are online. We are in person. We give talks. We do confirmation retreats and stuff like that. We have a YouTube channel. We do this podcast, and we're on social media. You can also donate on Anchor to our, our fund. Um, and you can go on our website for more information with that. Uh, we are missing our good, dear friend, Rocco Tarabarelli. He's not able to make it on this podcast. It's like the first time, I think, ever. Ever. That yeah. one of us has missed a podcast. Right. This might be, I don't know how many podcasts we have. This is probably over 20. It's the first time Rock's not here. I know. It's yeah. just it's just me and you. I know. It's just, it's just the two of us. Yeah. I miss him already. I, I know. I know. Me too. Yeah. Um, you know what? This is we were feeling his absence big time because Rock actually got perfect attendance in elementary school like multiple years. That's right, he did. Yeah, I mm-hmm. remember. I don't think he missed one day of elementary school till like fifth grade or something. Yeah, he, something insane. He was late in high school once because my car door was frozen shut, and so he got <laughs> marked as a lateness, lateness, and it was my fault. So he was not happy. Wow. So his <laughs> only mark the entire time in school was your fault. Yep. Yeah, I'd hate you. Mm-hmm. So. Good thing it wasn't me. Then again, I don't care about my attendance. I mean, yeah. I did. I cared about my attendance, but nowhere near as much as Rock did. No. Interesting stuff. All right. Well, we got a, a nice lineup of things to talk about. Um, we have all the events of the world that have recently transpired. This is our first podcast since the Ukraine and Russia conflict, if you can even call it a conflict. We'll just say it's a Russian invasion of Ukraine. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but we're going to put a spiritual twist on it because we think everyone's talking about mm-hmm. that right now. I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, a ton, but we're going to put a spiritual twist on it and talk a little bit about prophecy, about the Blessed Mother, about Our Lady of Fatima, really cool stuff and some of our own personal experiences and how that ties in. But first, we got small talk. You got anything? I do. Uh, my small talk today is about water. So tell me, Dan, what is the best tasting bottle of water? Because water tastes different. Every time I crack open that seal and I guzzle down a bottle, there's different tastes. So which... <sighs> water company do you prefer uh wow this is wow um <laughs> i i don't think into it enough i normally just buy whatever's cheapest i really i hate to say it when it comes to bottled water i buy the cheapest brand although i do taste a bit of a difference not enough to make me actually spend more i'm gonna be honest with you what's the brand that's like the very hawaiian volcano brand uh oh, why, um, why fiji no, fiji yeah Fiji legitimately tastes good. Yeah, I like, don't know if it's like the bottle because the the bottle is shaped differently, uh-huh. but Fiji legitimately for me it tastes actually better than other water. It just tastes more pure, less I, plasticky. I feel like Fiji's always colder too. Like it's colder than any other bottle of water. Even if the, even if all the water is the same temperature, somehow the Fiji is colder. That makes sense. I mean, like I be, I believe you. I believe mm-hmm. you. But I, you know what? I'm gonna correct that. I would definitely prefer Fiji if I had the money. True. To buy that every time. Uh, because it really does just it it doesn't taste like the plastic. Yeah. Now I'm willing to take the plastic taste uh-huh. if I can save a lot of money on it because it's just water. I don't care. You know? Right. It's not cream soda. It's like my favorite <laughs> soda. I, I'm, it's just water. Like I don't care. You know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Fiji is actually really good. Mm-hmm. How about you? I go with Poland Spring. Any chance I get, I snap up a bottle of Poland Spring. It just tastes good. It's crisp. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, you wake up, you open up a cold Poland Spring. That's one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and Whatever. the worst kind, one of the worst kinds is Dasani. I feel like Dasani tastes like I went in my backyard and just scooped up a puddle 
and and put it in a bottle. Well, you know Dasani and Aquafina, they're not even spring water. Yeah, it just says they're purified just, water. Yeah, Dasani is just Coke's. It's made by Coke. Yeah. It's just purified water. It's made just water. Could be anywhere. They, they, they could have gotten it from, yeah, from yeah. a sewage pipe. Right. I doubt it, but, or, you know, and then just purified it. Yeah, or someone's, like, swimming pool in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Just grab a couple gallons, purify it, yeah, sell purify it. Yeah, purify it, and then bottle it, and, yep. yeah. Same with Aquafina. And I drink it anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which says a lot about me. Yep. Uh, maybe yeah, in, so maybe in the comments, our viewers can tell us what bottle of water company they prefer. Yeah, what's your favorite um, bottled water? Yeah, and do you drink tap water? Because like, see, in New Jersey, well, there's some towns with good tap water, but our specific town that we live in, uh, the tap water is not that good. It's dirty. It has had issues, so we tend to like avoid the tap water if we can. That's the huge first world problem. I know yeah. most people just drink water right out of the tap. Um, so. Uh, do you drink, you know, the I listeners, filter you... it. I have a filter that I, that I use for the tap water. And okay. then after I filter it, then I use that for my coffee. Okay. Into my coffee water. Gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to my coffee, I just use straight up tap water. Yeah. I probably should use filtered yeah. water, but Your rock, coffee. what do you think? <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, yeah, we'll get, we'll get his, his, his throat clearing and then his, <sighs> man, he's missed today. I know. It's going to be a short podcast. Yeah, it is. Me you and you just like just staring at each other and asking questions. Just click stop now. Yeah. You know what? We're just going to, yeah. All right. Yeah. See you. Have a great, have a great night, everybody. <laughs> have a great day. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a quick, small talk. Yep. Do you got anything else? No. All right. Well, we're going to take it's a quick, good. this is going to be a quick one. I know. We're taking a quick music break. And then we will come back in a few seconds with our with our super interesting prophetic spiritual supernatural topic of prophecy and Fatima and all that jazz. So we'll take a quick break. Alrighty, and we are back. So prophecy. Before we get into Ukraine, Russia, Our Lady of Fatima, and I just wanted to ask you for your opinion on this. Um, what is your take on prophecy, like modern day prophecy? Because we know that the Old Testament is full of prophecies of Christ, prophecies of the New Jerusalem, prophecies of the end times, all that kind of stuff. Um, almost all of them are fulfilled in some way in Jesus. Uh, so obviously our church is completely good on those Old Testament prophecies. We know the New Testament's got some prophecies about the end time. Jesus makes a few prophecies about the temple being destroyed, which um, he's, as you know, he um, they are asking him about the temple, and he says, uh, not one of these stones will remain upon the other. Uh, it'll be destroyed as you see it. And then in about 30 years, I believe, 62 AD, I think is the year, about 30 years after Jesus uh, ascends to heaven, um, Rome is set, or, uh, Jerusalem is sacked by by the Romans. There's an invasion, and um, the temple is destroyed. So he makes prophecies. The Apostle John in Revelation talks about prophecies. So it's hugely a part of our faith. I don't think hugely is a word, but it is a huge part of our faith in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But where you get into some conjecture and you get into some disagreement is in the area of modern-day prophecy. Um, people that make prophecies today or in the last hundred years or two or three hundred years um, or one people that are still alive, ongoing prophecies. And what's your opinion on all of that? Because some people think it's real. Some people think it's not. Some people avoid it altogether. Right. Well, I think, as you said, all the ones that are biblical, they're totally, totally legit, especially right. the Old Testament prophecies about Christ. Like that's pretty cut and dry. Like, right. th- those are very, very clear. Uh, as for the ones that happen within the last hundred and fifty to two hundred years, I think whatever the prophecy is, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Because I think sometimes, 
And I totally believe in the gift of prophecy. I think many saints, um, even people who aren't canonized saints yet, have definitely had that gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think where the data gets skewed is that, of course, we hear all of the correct prophecies. Like like if something's happening today, and we read about it how 100 years ago so-and-so said that it was going to happen. Yeah. But what I want to know is how many times has so-and-so said something was going to happen and it didn't happen and we just never know because it never happened. Right, um, right. Or didn't happen yet. So I do think that it's a legit thing that many many people can use, especially it goes back to the person who is making the prophecy themselves. If mm-hmm. they're advertising it like, oh, like, I know these things and they're getting all this attention for themselves, then you kind of know the tree by its fruits. Yeah. And they're probably more interested in the approval that they get from others. Right. Or there could be some that are very, very humble and and totally authentic like i think there was uh not that we don't we don't get into this but there was a big prophecy from our lady of good success i think in ecuador where she said things in the 1600s yep that literally ended up happening in in the 2000s or something like that so that it's it's legit you know like there's no refuting that and mother mariana jesus um torres i believe her name is uh she's a saint now Mm -hmm. or venerable she's a venerable so she's on the way to sainthood her body is incorrupt she's the nun in the 1600s that received those messages so that's Seems to be another confirmation yeah, from God. Yeah, like extra that... bonus helped <laughs> exactly. believe in it. So would you say there are some red flags to look at, and one of which is uh, if the person does not seem to be living a holy life? I think that's probably one of the most important things, okay. whether or not, what are they doing in their life? Are they bringing others to Christ, or are they just bringing others to themselves? Right. Yeah, I actually tend to agree with that. I mm-hmm. think in very rare situations, you can have somebody with a just a straight charismatic gift of prophecy, uh, or any charismatic supernatural gift, that might not be living an exemplary life all the time, but I think that's rare. And I think for the most part, you if if someone seems to be doing this for attention, they seem to be relishing in it. Um, you should just stay away in general. Yeah. Um, usually, the most humble people, those that go anonymous, those that um, if they're not anonymous, they give all the credit to God. They don't embellish things. They don't exaggerate. Um, you can kind of just tell. You can kind of just ask the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit let you know uh, if the person is trustworthy or not. But I would say, yeah, a red flag would definitely be if they're not humble. I would like to also add another red flag when it comes to modern-day prophecy, and that is if things that they say do not line up with church teaching. Mm-hmm. If a person, um, even if they get things correct, this is where it gets tricky, even if they get prophecies correct and things tend to come true, if they do not say things that agree with church teaching, I'm not saying they have to, everything they say has to be like a, a you know, a repetition of church doctrine. Mm-hmm. But if they're saying things that directly contradict contradict Catholic Church teaching, dogmas, doctrines, or scripture, um, that's a no-no. Right. Uh, the prophecies that they're getting right could just be luck. It could also be from the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to stay away from that. Um, the most important thing, as you said, Ant, knowing a tree by its fruits is like making sure that they're at least guiding you to become a better person. Yeah. If, if, if this person, by their life and by their advice, is guiding people to become more like Christ, closer to the sacraments, more loving, more forgiving, right? Like more devout, more prayerful. And by the way, yeah, they tend to get things correct I, and they're not taking attention for themselves. I think those are great signs. I think there is legitimate people out there with the gift of prophecy. Um, maybe they'll be saints one day. Maybe mm-hmm. they won't, yeah. um, but it is out there. Um, one last thing to caution our listeners with. Uh, now, our, our conversions happen through the supernatural. Mm-hmm. I mean, we met the family of a, a servant of God, Maria Esperanza, who one day, God willing, will be canonized a saint, hopefully. She had many miraculous gifts. She knew Padre Pio. Uh, we met some other people close to her and some supernatural experiences that we had through them. I mean, so my own conversion, and one day we'll do a podcast or a video on this, I'm sure. 
Um, as, as we've, yeah. yeah, we've been we've been trumping it up for a while. <laughs> I want to wait till our audience gets a little bigger to yeah. make the most out of it. Our conversion story, but uh, the supernatural absolutely does exist. The charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit do exist. The miracles you read about with like the saints, like Padre Pio, or the twenty-seven thousand miracles he had. You know, the bilocation, the reading of hearts and confession, the stigmata, all of that stuff absolutely does exist. But it is rare, and you have to be careful because I think the one danger in getting into this stuff and it is really cool is that you give the miracles more attention than uh than even god does right god does miracles but it's always to get you to something better it's Mm -hmm. to help change your heart get you back to the sacraments get you back to the bible get you back to praying every day if a miracle happens and no one's heart has changed it's pointless in fact it might be from the devil right so uh that's one more caution i would like to caution our listeners with is you have to be prudent and um if you're not getting anywhere and becoming a legitimate, more holy individual, more Christ-like individual, or more prayerful individual, it doesn't matter how many miracles in the world are happening, it's not going to help you. Uh, St. Paul mentioned it when he said, I could have prophecies, and I can speak in tongues, and I can do all these things, but if I don't have love, it's all pointless. Mm -hmm. So that's the one last cautionary piece of advice I would give. Outside of that, though, when you do find someone that has those miraculous gifts, and uh, they seem to be getting things right, it is cool, and it can be a very... A strong affirmation of your faith and it can also be a big help when it comes to your own advice and how to handle things in the world and in your own life if you know like they read your own heart right um so interesting stuff now the reason we're bringing all this up is because unfortunately and it's really horrible our prayers go out to everybody in ukraine because russia has recently invaded uh is trying to invade we should say <coughs> the good news is the rest of the world seems to be trying to help ukraine in any way they can outside of military uh uh, you know, direct military aid because we're trying to avoid a world war. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Ukrainians seem to be fighting very, very hard for their country. So our ho- our, our heart and our prayers go out to them. Um, but the interesting thing is a lot of people are talking about Our Lady of Fatima. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anything about Our Lady of Fatima I, for I our do. listeners? Yeah, so Our Lady of Fatima was uh, a church apparition that happened in Portugal in 1917. She appeared to three children. It was Saint Lucia, Saint Jacinta, and actually one of them isn't a saint. I think Lucia is not a Lucia saint. Lucia is servant of God. So <clears throat> is she a servant I of think, God? Yeah, because she died in two thousand five or something. She did. Yeah. Yeah. So servant of God, Lucia, uh, Saint Jacinta, and Saint Francisco, and she. It was it was the mother of God Mary that appeared to them. Right. Yeah, and she appeared to them on the thirteenth of every month for six months in a row, mm-hmm. and she revealed to them secrets or like the and they're called the three secrets of Fatima, and every time she appeared. She gave them messages about various things. Uh, one time she went into what the details of heaven. Another time she went into the details of hell. Another time she just told them like kind of world prophecies. So there's uh, a few things that she said that we're going to talk about today. Okay. One of the biggest things that she said. Now, the interesting thing about Fatima is it is totally approved by the church. John Paul II, fastest canonized saint ever, was a huge proponent of Our Lady of Fatima, deeply in love with her. So it's, in, it's approved in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. We have not had a pope since Fatima, or at least that I know of, at least in the last 60 or 70 years that's been against it. Right. Approved by the bishop. All those kinds of things. Um, now, the couple things that seem to confirm that the Blessed Mother did appear to these three children. Number one is um, the prophecies that she did make that already did come true. She prophesied the end of World War I, mm-hmm. which happened pretty rapidly after those apparitions. You're right, just less than a year. Right. Yeah. Um, she then prophesied that if the world did not change, she said the sin in the world was growing. 
And if the sin in the world did not change and people didn't turn their hearts back to God, of course, like every apparition, she mentioned the rosary. Mm -hmm. She mentioned praying for peace and reconciliation and fasting and doing penance for people's conversions. That if the the world did not turn back to God, there would be a worse war that Mm -hmm. would happen afterwards. And that was obviously... And that happened, what, 21 years later? Yeah, 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 World War II, Uh right? Um, Yeah, literally about 20 years later. Yeah. So that came true. Mm -hmm. She also said that the warning that God would give the indicator that the Second World War was going to occur would be a huge uh, light in the sky. Mm-hmm. And that was the Aurora Borealis that took place, um, I think, the night before Germany invaded Poland, oh, I wow. believe. Yeah, that, what, did it go like, way further south than yeah, it normally Yeah, you can see does. it all over Europe. Oh, yep. wow. Since she mentioned that, you uh-huh. can see it in certain parts of Europe. So it's just really cool stuff. And then she mentioned that, um, that the, the world would lose faith, and she said that Russia needs to be consecrated to her immaculate heart. She said, Russia must be, the Pope and all the bishops together, Mm -hmm. I should say, need to get together and consecrate. And for those that don't know what that means, it kind of means to ask God to bless or to put God Mm -hmm. in charge of, to make it holy, Russia. And first off, how humble is God? If this is true, how humble is the Blessed Mother and God that she would say that Russia, in order for her to work in Russia, she needs the Pope's permission. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she doesn't need the Pope's permission. She's She's Mary. Queen, yeah. Exactly. She's queen of heaven and earth. She does not need the Pope's permission to do stuff, nor does God, nor Mm -hmm. does Jesus, obviously, right? As God. But they're so humble. God is so humble that he's made a world that depends on our efforts. Right, and free will. And free will. Yeah. And so it's almost like Mary was saying that the Pope, who is the vicar of Christ on earth, who's Peter of today, that the Pope needs, with all the bishops who have the authority, to consecrate Russia to her immaculate heart in order for her to work a conversion in Russia. And if this is not done, she said, Russia will spread its errors throughout the world. Mm -hmm. Now, there is tons of debate over this because you see Russia now acting out. You see Russia invading Ukraine. Uh, Putin, they say, is getting old and sick. There's mm-hmm. there's rumors that like he doesn't care if he dies or not, so right. he might actually do some really crazy things. Yeah. It's getting kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people that say, look at look what Russia's doing. They're not going to stop with Ukraine. They're going to continue to invade. And look, it's because Russia was never consecrated. Mm-hmm. Some people say Russia was consecrated to Mary's Immaculate Heart. Some people say that uh, Russia was not consecrated. And do you know anything about this debate? I do. So apparently, uh, Pope... And Saint John Paul II uh, did uh, consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and this happened on, uh, or was it the Sacred Heart of Jesus? Immaculate Heart of Mary. Heart of Mary. Mm-hmm. And this happened on March twenty fifth, nineteen eighty four. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is many people say like, oh, well, no, maybe he didn't actually do it. He because I don't think he said it out loud, right? It was a mess, and he may have <clears throat> done it quietly so, or or whispered it or something like that. So from what I've heard, and just to, as a as a FYI, on top of that. Um, many popes consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary mm-hmm. and made references to Russia, but never specifically Directly. mentioned Russia. Right. And then John Paul II, I believe in Rome, on March 25th, 1984, got all the bishops together as mm-hmm. requested, because other popes consecrated it, but not with the bishops. Got them all together, and he consecrated the entire world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Mm-hmm. And then he said, quote, something like this, and specifically those countries you've asked us to pray for or to name. Right. And everyone knew. Which implies Russia. Everybody knew that yeah. meant Russia. Um, now, why these popes avoided it is up for debate, mm-hmm. avoided consecrating Russia um, directly and mentioning it by name. They may have been worried about a retaliation against the Catholics in Russia. Mm-hmm. They may have been worried about a lot of different things, right. an assassination mm-hmm. attempt you know, on the pope or whatever. Uh, but um, 
he pa- and then he paused after that and said a private prayer, mm-hmm. which means he probably said Russia. You don't know for sure, right? Right. But he probably said Russia. Uh huh. So then, now one thing that we know because of what we've been exposed to in our spiritual lives is that that uh, sorry. Before you get to that, yeah. if I can add one more thing, is that the reason I personally also think this is different is because Sister Lucia, mm-hmm. who is still alive, because Jacinta and Francisco, the two original seers, they died shortly after the apparitions, right. and right. Mary actually told them that they would yeah, be dying soon. That they would go to heaven soon, and that yeah. Lucia would have to wait. Yep, and I believe their bodies are incorrupt. At I least know that, yeah. I know for a fact Jacinta's is uh-huh. incorrupt. That's pretty. I cool. think Francisco's might be as well, which mm-hmm. is another confirmation yeah. of these things. Um, but the Blessed Mother told Lucia. She would not be going to heaven soon because she'd be left on earth to spread the message from Fatima. Mm-hmm. Lucia was still alive in 1984. Right. And Lucia, apparently it was said, received uh, visits from the Blessed Mother a- after this. Uh-huh. And she said that she received a visit from the Blessed Mother after this date on 1984 in which Mary told her that uh, God had accepted John Paul II's consecration okay. as, as fulfilling the request of Fatima. Right. So that was another... Uh, confirmation that would seem to indicate that maybe it was done by John Paul. Um, go ahead. Okay. So then, so that's one confirmation. And then the other thing that we know, because like I said, we've been exposed to it, is that on that day, March 25th, 1984, the same day that John Paul II consecrated Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, there was a another church-approved apparition. This happened in Batania, Venezuela. And this is the one that we've been to. And Mary appeared in this town called Batania in Venezuela, under the title of Our Lady Reconciler of All Peoples and Nations. Just amazing. Which is a, a, like what a title to appear on that day. Like just for that to happen on the same exact day yeah. is insane. Yep. Like it wasn't a different year. It wasn't on the anniversary. It was the same day. Yeah. And like, and so for me, like that's all the confirmation in the world, no pun intended, that I need. Yeah. So that's actually a great point is that, and people don't seem to know this. No, they there don't. are very few church approved fully approved mm-hmm. apparitions in yeah. the 20th century of mary right there's fatima mm-hmm. there's two in belgium right i believe now the original apparitions of Medjugorje in mm-hmm. the early 1980s in bosnia is approved and mm-hmm. there is Batania in venezuela right and that was maria esperanza mm-hmm. who we know her family yep that's how we had our conversions we know maria esperanza is a very legitimate mystic yeah a legitimate hopefully future saint mm-hmm. um we could tell you just from our interactions from our pilgrimage down there from being part of the batania groups around the world she was legit right now on that day march 25th 1984 mary appeared to her and like it was over 100 other people but it's probably more like 200 or 300 yeah. that were there that just didn't testify mm-hmm. um hours after john paul the yeah. second like the same day so john paul the second apparently, according to Lucia, fulfills Mary's request at Fatima mm-hmm. by consecrating the whole world, including Russia, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Lucia says, yep, it was done. And then it's like God's immediate response. Yeah. Hours later is another church-approved apparition in which, as you said, Aunt, she comes under that title, yeah. Our Lady, Virgin, and Reconciler of All Peoples and Nations. Like it's That's literally God saying yes to John Paul II exactly. and appearing to Maria Esperanza, her family, and many others yeah. that were there that day. And it's not like she appeared at some random name, like Our Lady of the River or something. Like You know what I mean? Like, like to have that title. Yeah. Like That's such an intri- like a unique title. Yeah. Like most titles of Mary is, is after the town. Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady right? of Guadalupe, Our Lady, Lady of Chestahova. Yeah. Like, this is one where it's like, no, this isn't the... Because otherwise, she would have been Our Lady of Batania. Right. But she's not. She revealed to the crowd, I am Our Lady Reconciler of all peoples and nations. Right. It's like, you, you can't make that stuff up. 
right? Yeah. Amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get the book, uh, Bridge to Heaven, which mm-hmm. is interviews with Maria Esperanza by a journalist named Michael Brown. So this is out in print. But Maria Esperanza did warn that things were going to happen in the world like this, mm-hmm. like Russia acting up and maybe some other nations in Asia, things right. like that. So then this this brings me to the question. So l- let's just say for the sake of discussion that this is one million billion percent authentic and Russia was then how are they acting the way they're acting? Okay. So number one, some of our listeners, especially very traditional Catholics, in fact, I know a few people myself who I'm friends with, do not think Russia was consecrated Mm -hmm. because John Paul II and no Pope actually went out of their way and said Russia should be consecrated, right? Yeah. Um, And said the name of Russia. However, my opinion, as I said, is that it has been consecrated. Mm -hmm. But the reason for all the sin in the world, the reason things have gotten bad, is this. Um, it took 67 years for this to get done. Mm-hmm. I think Our Lady wanted Russia to be consecrated immediately. Right. I think like in 1920, mm-hmm. God's ideal will, what God yeah. wanted, now God in his wisdom knows everything, but what he intended in a perfect non-sinful world where everyone's completely open to the Holy Spirit is for the Pope to almost immediately consecrate Russia to Mary's Immaculate Heart. And therefore, Russia would have never had the communist takeover it would have never spread its errors throughout the world, namely China now and other communist nations, right? So Russia did spread its errors through the world because for 67 years, the sin in the world increased. Mm-hmm. People did not heed Fatima's warning to pray, to pray the rosary, to fast. The world has only gotten, I believe, more sinful since yeah. that apparition over 100 years ago. So if she said it was getting sinful then and that things were going to happen, what's she going to say about now? Yeah. Right? That 100 years ago, there's nowhere near as much personal sin with technology and with families breaking down as there is now, right? Uh, so my opinion is that for 67 years, the consecration was not done. And for 67 years, Russia became communist, spread its errors throughout the world, spread it to other nations into China, and in general, the entire world got more sinful. And so there is going to come need there's going to need to be a purification of the world as many many saints have talked about our lady of la salette talked about it mm-hmm. right our lady of good success as you said the 1600s predicted it um many other saints and mystics not just maria esperanza but many have predicted these times saint faustina right have predicted that because the world is getting so sinful a purification must come and i believe because it was delayed so long until john paul ii i believe that um a lot of damage was done in that time However, we're not doomed because God is insanely patient. Mm -hmm. God is insanely merciful. And if Lucia, uh, the Sierra Fatima, was correct and the consecration was done, and if Betania, Mary's apparition there, was almost like a a check mark, a yes, a Mm -hmm. thank you, uh, okay, it's go time. If that's what God was doing by sending Our Lady to Betania the exact same day in Venezuela, then hope is not lost. Yeah. So my opinion is that the world must go through a shaking up of things mm-hmm. because it took so long for right. the consecration to happen. Because the sin got so bad, the world's going to be shaken up, but through people like new saints coming from Batania, like Maria Esperanza, mm-hmm. her family. There are other people around the world that know about these things. The visionaries from Garabandal mm-hmm. in Spain, if, if, uh, if that was legit, which we don't know, there's no official church yes or no on that, if things like that were legit, then there are people around the world that are ready mm-hmm. to renew the world maybe saints in the making yeah. all over the world, not just Batania and Venezuela. And so I do believe that this renewal and this revival that all these saints and that Mary has talked about, I believe it will come. But because it took so long and because the sin has increased so much, there will still be a shaking and a, and a bit of a reckoning to right. deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I like that. 
I always think of the one thing, I think your dad said it, like the way that God works with us, like he's so merciful and, and I'll, I'll also Mary wants him to tap into the merciful side. Right. And I think your dad says something like, it's almost like the end of a basketball game, like the <laughs> right. clock's winding down, if you want to explain that real quick. Yeah, my dad would always say as a joke like that, uh, the clock is winding down. You know, the first uh, three quarters of a basketball game take, you know, the typical, you know, hour and a half. The last three minutes of a basketball game take mm-hmm. like a half hour. If yeah. it's a close game, why? Because everyone's fouling and right. everyone's calling Time timeouts. Out. Yeah. So as the sin in the world increases and the world kind of convulses because of all the sin that's happening and God has to kind of let – God never causes – I don't like using the word punishment. Uh-huh. You can use the word punishment. It's valid because God can punish, but it's not that he punishes because he's mad. He right. doesn't he doesn't get ticked off and mm-hmm. pass in and out of emotional states and like slap us because he's mad. Mm-hmm. The way I always think of it is like we unleash evil on the world when we sin and the natural consequences play out. And then what God does is he tries his best to use those consequences to bring about good. Yeah. So that we may see some of that, but because God's so merciful and loving, it's like the blessed mother keeps calling time out. Yeah. It's we're in the last two and a half minutes of a basketball game before the end, before the end when, you know, the renewal happens and the things and the convulsion of the world happens, convulsing of the world happens. But Mary just keeps calling yeah. time out, time out, time <laughs> yeah. out, time out, you know, to give people time to repent, to uh-huh. give people time to change, to give hearts time to prepare. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's a funny thing. My dad would always say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, now, we are not experts in this stuff. This mm-hmm. is just our opinion. Uh, if you disagree, you are more than welcome to um, DM us right. to comment on our latest YouTube video, what your opinion is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, to, doesn't have to be like our latest YouTube video. Really, any YouTube video Anything, you can comment. Anything, anywhere. Yeah. yeah, it helps the algorithm, yeah. and we'll respond uh-huh. to you if you talk about these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, to give your opinion, politely, gently, <laughs> uh, over whether Mary, uh, over, over whether Russia was consecrated to, um, to Mary's Immaculate Heart or not and what's happening in the world right now. Um, what I will say though, is that we are not doom and gloom people Mm -hmm. here at JMJ missions. And just the way we were taught in our spirituality is that we, we are trying to be as optimistic and loving and joyful as possible. Mm -hmm. That's how we're called to be. The message of our faith in general, and this trumps everything, this trumps Fatima, this trumps the times we're living in, this trumps everything is that Jesus, you know, heaven touched earth through Jesus Mm -hmm. by God becoming man, the incarnation by him dying on the cross and resurrecting for us, um, our faith is now a joyful faith. No matter what happens in your life and what happens in the world, there is a happy ending for us. That's mm-hmm. heaven. That's God even using your sufferings for good. So we're not doom and gloom people. I would like to caution our listeners again at being a prophet of doom. Mm-hmm. We may be in some turbulent times right now, and it may continue to get turbulent if all these prophecies of saints and Mary do come true. And we have to be ready for that. But overall, I mean, if the martyrs, the early martyrs of Christianity in the times of the Roman Empire, when it was completely illegal Mm -hmm. to be Christian, if they could be joyful and run to their death, we could be joyful in a time like this that probably won't be as hard as that, as a martyr's, you know, death, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, So, again, let's be joyful, let's pray, and actually that brings me into my last question, is what do you recommend people do now, being that that, uh, it seems that things are shaking up a little bit in the world? Being that, um, and I really do appreciate the United States too, because you know the U.S. is not a perfect country by any means. We try to respect everybody of all cultures here. Uh, we said before in other podcasts that people of all cultures have something to offer mm-hmm. and have beautiful things. But um, I, it kind of makes me appreciate the role the United States had in keeping world peace, because since the United States was so powerful, 
nobody really tried to invade anybody else for a while. And now that things are shaking up a little bit, it seems that um, many countries may start to do these kinds of evil things. Um, but as we see these things possibly start to increase in the near future, Ant, what is your advice for everybody and for our listeners? I think prayer and fasting. And, and not to get too consumed in it. I mean, sometimes I'll go, I'll turn on the news and sometimes I'll even look on social media because I'm interested in this Russia and Ukraine war or conflict mm -hmm. or invasion. And I can notice that like, if I get too into it, mm -hmm. it takes away my joy. And like, and I start to get really upset, and I start to think, oh man, like I want to go over to Ukraine and help them, like 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 that kind of thing, which obviously right. I'm not going to do. And that's a good intention. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But um, I think what's even better than that is just prayer and fasting, and like mm -hmm. intentional prayer and intentional fasting. Like, like we we say all the time, like yeah, like we'll pray for you, and and like and we do. Or like, let's say someone comes to you and like, can you please pray for my grandma? I'm like, right. And we're like, yeah, of course. But like, no, actually do it. Like intentionally pray for Ukraine. Yeah. And then even higher than that is fast from for Ukraine. Yep. Uh, because as Jesus said, some demons can only be removed by prayer and fasting. And fasting. And right. I think anytime there's a war involved, I'm not going to say that, that these people are possessed by demons, but I'm sure they're demonically influenced. Like these desires for war don't come from God. Absolutely not. So and if we want to get rid of these desires for war in these hearts of these leaders, then we got to fast for them. So I think prayer and fasting is, is your best weapon. Again, no pun intended. Absolutely. And to be intentional about it. And not just for Ukraine, although that's the most pressing matter right now, is for our hearts to suffer with, mm -hmm. at least in, at least sympathize with those in Ukraine going through such hard times. Mm -hmm. um, but fast and pray for the for the conversion of the world. The leaders, yeah. Fast and pray for the full conversion mm -hmm. of Russia. That's what yeah. Our Lady wanted. I believe it will happen. I believe it's delayed because it took so long for that consecration to happen. Mm -hmm. And I, again, because this, the sin in the world has increased so much, uh, so I do think there is going to be, as I said, a purification and a shaking. But, you know, pray for that conversion of Russia to happen fast. I'm sure Our Lady's going to do it. And, and and for the whole world. Pray for the conversion of the whole world. Um, and to be, like you said, intentional about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all say, I'll pray for you. My students come up to me saying, yeah. can you pray right. for this or that? And I say, yeah, definitely. But, and I got to do a better job of this too. Like right. actually going like carving home out that some time night. and like thinking of that person. Exactly. Then, yeah. Like putting uh -huh. yourself in the mindset of the person you're right. praying for, pretending you're them. Uh -huh. That's what compassion is. Yeah. It's like you love them so much. You're willing to feel their pain and their struggles mm -hmm. or try to feel it and then lift them up with your prayers. Right. Um, most importantly, I think, and this is coming directly from our lady's mouth and so many apparitions of Mary is to pray the rosary. The rosary is insanely powerful. So many saints have said that the rosary is the second most powerful prayer behind the mass itself. Mm -hmm. And the only reason the mass is so powerful is because that's Jesus's sacrifice. That right. has nothing to do with our own merits yeah. and what we deserve. So really the mass is Jesus offering a perfect sacrifice to mm -hmm. God, the father. And we're just kind of standing there getting to getting to right, benefit benefits, from it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like just smiling, you know, <laughs> as, as, as we stand in the middle of Jesus offering himself to the father and then <laughs> receiving the Eucharist. But outside of that, when it comes to our own prayer life, the rosary is insanely powerful. And it's because, think about it, with the rosary, you're using all your faculties. I mean, like, you're, you're doing mental prayer because hopefully you're thinking about people you're praying for or you're thinking about the mysteries and fruits of the rosary, which you can find online if you don't know what they are. Um, so you're using your mind. You're using your voice because you're saying our fathers and Hail Marys and glory bees out loud. You're using your body because you're going to be sitting or kneeling and you're going to be holding the beads in your mm -hmm. hands. And you're holding a holy sacramental object with hopefully your rosary is blessed. So you're holding a holy object. You're using your hands. You're using your mind. You're using a, your voice. It's something you can measure because everyone says, oh, yeah, I'm going to pray today. Uh -huh. And you should. You should do like mental one-on-one -on -one right. prayer adoration, of course. But this is something that takes a little bit of time. Yeah. 15 minutes, and uh -huh. you can say like, all right, did I get my rosary in today? Yeah. It's, a, it's a measurable check mm -hmm. you can do for yourself. 
And last but not least, you can say it with people. Right. There's a rhythm to the rosary. Yeah. One person leads, the other person echo it. You know, it's a great thing to do mm-hmm. with your family or at a prayer group or with your friends. No wonder almost every apparition in the last 500 years, the Blessed Mother has said, pray the rosary. Um, I believe to St. Bernadette when she appeared at Lourdes, France, she had a rosary in her hands, literally. Mm-hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah, she told the Fatima children, pray the rosary yeah. multiple times. So I can't stress the rosary enough for peace. Um, Father Patrick Payton in the 1950s had that very famous rosary crusade in the U.S., and he had that iconic phrase that he would say, the family that prays together it stays together. Exactly. Yep. So my advice personally is to pray the rosary. And great stuff with prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay positive. Trust God in these times. Trust God. Stay positive. Stay stay light. Um, and in order to know how to navigate yourself in turbulent times, we have to have a pure heart. Because mm-hmm. if your heart's addicted to a certain sin or all you're thinking about is like, you know, that you can't wait to get on social media later or all you're thinking about is you can't wait to watch your favorite show later. Not that these mm-hmm. things are bad. Right. Or especially if you're all you're thinking about is how you can't wait to sin, a uh-huh. certain sin later. It's almost like your heart is already has already made up its mind and it's seeing tunnel vision all it wants is that sin it can't feel mm-hmm. what god wants it to feel in order to be directed to get through turbulent times yeah so i have to stress again to have a try your best now no one's perfect but let's do our very best to have a pure open heart a prayerful heart so that we can be um, open to the promptings of the holy spirit if our heart is already set on something else that's not of God, we're not going to be able to even notice when God's trying to lead us. So let's have a soft, flexible heart open to the promptings of the Spirit as well, which will allow us to navigate these times and help those we need to help and pray for the people we need to pray for and take care of ourselves in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. You have anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. All right. So now we are moving on to our infamous, mm-hmm. no, I'm just kidding, our famous Saint Cup, but let's take a quick break and we'll get to that in a second. Yep. All right, Anthony has the Saint Cup in his hands. He's shaking. Hopefully you hear it. <laughs> and which Saint we got today. All right, let's see. Totally random. The Saint that I am choosing now is... Servant of God, Maria Esperanza. Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Every single time. For the, for our listeners, we do not make this up. Yeah. We really should just mm-hmm. start filming. There's a lot of saint names in there. There's got to be like 50 saint names in There's there. a lot. There's yeah. like 30 or something. Uh-huh. And Maria Esperanza is the one that we picked. Well, and what can you say about her? Because our entire conversion, myself, Anthony's, and Rocco's, all of our conversions, in fact, Many other people we know our age from a young adult group and our, our one of our other best friends, Ryan, who lives in Venezuela, right? We all had conversions through the family of Maria Esperanza and from a very holy priest at our parish. And what can you say about her? Uh, so many things. Uh, like Everything that we talked about on this podcast can go back to her. But, I mean, we started this off by talking about prophets. And, like, that's what she did. You know what I mean? She was a, a modern-day prophet. And she foresaw things happening. And you can research what she said, and these things happened. Yep. And not only did she did it, do it on a big scale... She did it on a small scale. Mm-hmm. If you went to her, she had the gifts of cardiognosis, where she knew your heart. Mm-hmm. She could tell you your past, present, and future. She could tell you what God's ideal will was for you in a way that, that could help you get closer to him. And also, back with the rosary, too, the whole reason I pray the rosary is because of this woman. And I never, I never even met her. <laughs> and like, she's literally why I pray the rosary. Yeah we, just, yeah, we just met her family and a bunch of other people that knew her yeah. that vouched for her. Priests, mm-hmm. multiple priests, you know. And then also, we could even take it as far as saying how... 
it's another confirmation that Russia was consecrated because Maria Speranza <laughs> is the one who saw Our Lady Reconciler of all peoples and nations. The same day that yep. John Paul made the that consecration. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's that. I can't believe you picked that. Mm-hmm. And like like I said, this, you have to take our word for it. In fact, if you want, just to show us, just to prove that we don't <laughs> pick these saints out, because every time the Holy Spirit yeah. seems to pick the perfect saint, right. you can look at our last YouTube video where we podcasted with uh, Amber. That's right. Um, uh, the religious hippie, mm-hmm. uh, where I actually drew the saint name yeah. on camera. Live. And it was, yeah, and of yeah. course it was a saint that completely applied applied to the discussion. Yeah. Um, so the Holy Spirit really seems to be guiding these things. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing is that Maria Esperanza had a very... Um, Big happy family, mm-hmm. not a perfect family because no family is perfect in the world. But Maria Esperanza um, would always talk about family unity and reconciliation, and she always said that the world is going to reconcile and that nations would start to understand each other and have mm-hmm. peace and find God when families started to build up again, when families stayed together, and right. when families started to get along, and when families started to pray together. So, I also would like to stress again um, for those listening. If there's a family member you need to reach out to, you need to reconcile with, please do it. I know it's hard. Please forgive. Try your best to forgive in your heart. If they don't respond, they don't reciprocate your uh, your love and your your desire to reach out. Well, that's okay. Leave it on them. You know, shake the dust from your feet. Uh, please spend time with your families. Call your families up. Uh, if you're a teenager, get out of your room. Mm-hmm. You know, sit down with your family. Yeah. If you're a college student, maybe go home this weekend if you can mm-hmm. and visit your family. Maria Esperanza was always about appreciating your family and having good spiritual bonds with them, and that was going to rebuild society. Mm-hmm. And through rebuilding society, through good families, we would have a holy world again. Yeah. Um, Mary at Fatima said, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. She said, after all these things that happened and Russia could spread its errors throughout the world, and she said other secrets, and they're all up for debate. We're not going to get into whether the third secret was fully revealed or not or whatever. Um I will say I trust John Paul II but <laughs> uh, because he's so holy. But um, regardless, Mary did say a lot of things about, about what would seem to be happening during our time. Uh, but she said in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. We know that our Christian story has a happy ending at the end of time with Jesus returning, at the end of our lives, God willing, if we go to heaven, and even in these times with Mary um, heralding a new spiritual coming of her son. That's what Maria talked about a new dawn of Jesus where Jesus will not the end times, not the apocalypse, Mm -hmm. but that Jesus will be felt in people's hearts in very incredible new ways. Uh, after these birth pains, we should, we should call Mm -hmm. them that we seem to be going through right now. Right. So let's all stay united through the rosary. Let's all build our families up. Let's ask for Maria Esperanza, servant of God, her Mm -hmm. prayers from heaven. Let's ask for Maria. um, I'm sorry. Our lady of Fatima's prayers from heaven. And John Paul II's. And John Paul II. Mm-hmm. And let's uh, let's be those saints we need to be. Uh, let's be lights shining in the darkness. John Paul said so many times, do not be afraid. The the one phrase that is said in the Bible more than any other, I believe it's said, I believe, 365 times in the Bible, mm-hmm. one for every day of the year, is... Be not afraid. Be not afraid. So through our faith in the Lord, let's be light in this darkness, uh, like Maria Esperanza was, like John Paul II like the Blessed Mother continues to be, um, so we can be beacons of hope for everyone that needs the Lord. Amen. All right. Yeah. You want to say a quick prayer at the end? Sure. Right. name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for this podcast. We pray for our listeners, and we also pray for the situation in the world, for Our Lady's Immaculate Heart to triumph, and for conversion of all the leaders causing all this tension in the world. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. 
God bless.